Welcome to my testimony podcast. How are you doing? This is Takia. I'm your host and I'm happy that you're tuning in to today's episode and just listening to these testimonies. And I pray that each and every testimony you get to take away some type of goodness, some type of truth from the Lord, um, a little nugget or a big you know, nugget or a big piece of fruit, you know, just something that you actually can find life and truth in as you hear these testimonies, because that's really what it's about. It's about planting seeds that are of life and life more abundantly that are true, that are good. Um, something that you can nourish yourself on, you know, a testimony that you can meditate on because you know what? Testimonies are weapons. Testimonies are a great weapon, a great place of rest for us because it really allows us to nourish ourselves on the truth of who God is and just how good he is. So that is my hope for you. I I really pray that, um, you know, you're getting something out of this podcast because um, that's really was the heart intention when the Lord called me to create it. And so today's testimony, I really pray it blesses you. And what I want to do before we get into it is read a couple of scriptures um, to you that really hones in on the topic of obedience, because so many blessings that the that the Lord gives us comes from our obedience. And you're going to hear that today in the testimony. And so I want to go ahead and read these uh, scriptures. The first one that I'm going to read for you is from Deuteronomy 28 verse one. It says, if you fully obey the Lord, your God and carefully follow all his commands, I give you today, the Lord, your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. The next scripture I want to read is Deuteronomy chapter 533. That says, walk in obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess. Amen. The next scripture comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 58. It says, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, stand firm, let nothing move you, Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And then the last one I want to give you today comes from 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 3. And it says, observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in obedience to him and keep his decrees and commands, his laws and regulations as written in the law of Moses. Do this so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go. Amen. And so the scriptures clearly let us know that when we obey God, even when it looks crazy, God is going to prosper us in all that we do and wherever we go. And so I pray that you take that away from the testimony you're going to hear today. So let's go ahead and get into it. Today on the podcast, we have Madison Metcalf. She is a college and youth pastor, podcast host, blogger, author, and wife. Driven by her passion of leading others to Christ, she works hard to provide writings that are relatable, inspirational, and faith-filled. As a pastor and writer, her goal is to create books bound with blessings that help others discover the purpose and love God has for them. So let's go ahead and hear Madison's testimony. 
guys, Madison here, and I am going to give my testimony. So I kind of grew up going to a Lutheran church right across the street. And I knew who God was, but I didn't really have a relationship with him. So I kind of went through the motions, went to services, everything. And then one summer, some of my friends and I went to a church camp. That was a couple hours away from my hometown. And we went together and it was totally life-changing for me. It was unlike anything I ever experienced. And I truly just fell in love with Jesus. And so I was fired up when I came home and I wanted to journal. I wanted to write to God every day. I wanted to get into the word. And I made a commitment every single day that I was going to write to him from, and this was like at the age of 12 or 13. And so I did that and uh, I wrote my first sermon probably when I was 12, (laughs) 11. I was very young. Uh, And then obviously as you get into high school and college, different, you know, temptations come your way, different life events happen, different sins can enter your life. And when I was 16, I got into a very unhealthy relationship. And so even though I was still writing to God and I was getting into the word, I really had a mind that was manipulated by this relationship. And luckily, uh, after some time went by, I got out of the relationship and then went into another relationship my senior year of high school. And that that relationship was good, but I really felt like God was tugging at my heart to... um, like that, that wasn't the end all be all. Like that wasn't the person I was supposed to be with. And so even though it was super hard, I, I listened to the Lord. Um, and that was my freshman year of college when I really felt like him nudging me. And so I broke up with, um, that, that boy. And then shortly after that, I decided in college that I was going to try out for the dance team. And this was a very random adventure. And so I just kind of went for it. I tried out, I made it. And uh, I'm from a small town in Iowa, so it was just a a small college in Iowa. Uh, The dance team that I tried out for made it, and then I found out after I got on that there was a co-ed dance, which meant that I had to go find a guy partner who would be willing to dance with me. And so I was kind of freaking out because I was this freshman girl who really didn't know that many people on campus yet because I was new. And then luckily one of my friends said she had this, uh, her boyfriend lived with this guy who maybe would want to be my dance partner. And so he did say yes. And then that boy became my husband eventually after a couple of years. Um, and so, yeah, our dance practices kind of became our dates and we found love and, you know, it wasn't everything in the beginning, like it wasn't perfect. Uh, but, uh, his name is Tyler, my husband, Tyler and I really started to dig into the Lord together. And I'll never forget the first time I asked to pray with him, which seems really silly to say, but uh, we were at his house, his college house that he lived at for three years. And uh, he was two years older than me and he was a junior. and I was a freshman when we met and I just randomly asked uh, for him to pray with me one night. And that was honestly kind of, of a pivotal moment for our relationship because I don't know how much we had talked to God. I mean, Tyler knew that I had still journaled every night since I was 12 or 13 and that I wrote to God, but it really wasn't the foundation of our relationship to begin with. And so obviously when you don't have that as a foundation, you know, rocky things can happen. And so about six months from about three months into our relationship until about six months, it was pretty rocky and it wasn't, uh, I guess, super healthy. Uh, and then finally we just made the decision 
that we were going to have God at the center of our relationship and that we were going to make that commitment. And, and it didn't happen, you know, overnight, you have to work at it just like anything. But once we worked at it and we started going to church every single Sunday and we started praying together more and we started surrounding ourselves with the right people, truly everything changed for our relationship, which was so amazing. So while I was also in college, I had been dating Tyler for a couple years at this point, and it was my uh, sophomore year. And I decided that I was going to write a book. I wanted to write a devotional book, and I wanted to raise money for the Children's Hospital in Iowa. Maybe some of you listeners know of the wave uh, in Iowa. They basically at football games, Iowa Hawkeye football games, they wave at the Children's Hospital because the Children's Hospital is right by the stadium. But anyways, I decided I was going to write a book and I was going to donate money to half the money to the children's hospital. So I started writing the book my sophomore year throughout my junior year, year, wow, junior year. And then in my junior year during the spring, I launched the book and uh, it was it was super awesome. People were very supportive on campus. Uh, but it honestly, this was a goal that I always dreamed about, like a a goal I always wanted to achieve was to write a book. But in all honesty, like that was the lowest I felt throughout my college experience, because I think that during that time, I was so focused on achieving that goal and hitting my sale goal and, and all these things that I kind of let that be almost my identity. Like I let the achievement take over. And so um, once I, I launched that book, it was it was successful and it was great. My blog, I started a blog that year because I had finished my book, but I was in the process of designing it and everything. And I decided, you know what, I really miss writing. So I started a blog and that just exploded. And within just a couple months, there was like millions of views on the website. And so obviously when that is, it was kind of like an overnight kind of thing, um, but it, it can cause you to put your worth into the wrong things, which I found myself doing, unfortunately. And, and it wasn't like it was bad. Like I didn't become like a a bratty, you know, star or something, but I definitely in my heart knew that I was putting my identity, uh, it was rooted in the wrong things. And so I felt like when I hit that achievement or that goal that I like was still a failure um, because it wasn't enough because there were people who, you know, my age that wrote books that had way more sales or way more of a following. And, and when we get our eyes fixed on our, you know, comparison or our competition, whatever it is, we can totally lose our worth because the things that we are uh, identifying as our worth really have no value. And so I had to realize that, but anyways, So then my junior year was selling books. My senior year, I was still selling books. And then obviously your senior year means that you have to decide on a job. You have to go interview, get your resume out there. And so I was kind of freaking out because I was the girl who changed her major like three or four times in college. And what I think society is, you know, really good at doing is making us feel like we have to follow this like linear path. You know, it has to be, uh, like you have to go out and you have to know exactly what major you want, what career you want. And that is just not reality at all. A lot of it is trial and error and prayer and then pivoting where God calls you. And so I just had to stress myself out because to the world, I didn't want to look at like a failure 
because I, you know, didn't choose the right major. I didn't choose the right career right off the bat. So I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do senior year. And then a random opportunity came up and uh, it was really good pay. It was really good uh, benefits. And so it was actually at a target distribution center as an operations manager. Now, looking back, I'm just like, that is so not something that would totally fill up my bucket. But I, when you're a senior and you get a job offer and the money's good, like sometimes you can just think, okay, like this will work. So that's what I went with. I was an operations manager. I led a team of like 60 people uh, at a distribution center here in Iowa. And right away, I honestly really liked it. And then I started to just really hate it. I, it was weird hours. My shift was constantly changing. I was walking into a factory all day long. And I actually made up a song when I was working because of how <laughs> much I just didn't like it because my shifts were like 12 and a half hours. And so it was just a super long day. And I had, you know, some tough partner, uh, tough partner. And so I would come home and I would try to bite my tongue to Tyler because we then got married after college. And um, and I would come home to him and would, you know, try to hold back, but I would just end up in tears because I was frustrated and I wanted to make a difference. And I wanted, you know, to tell people about the Lord. I wanted to write and share. And I was doing that on the side, but I really wasn't getting my cup filled up in, in my career. And so this was so hard for an Enneagram three achiever like me, because I, I felt like I had failed, like I had gone down the wrong path. And that's what the devil really likes to do. Like the enemy loves to make us feel like we're too far gone, that we've messed up, that we've made the wrong decision and that we probably can't find our way back. And that's just not the truth. Sometimes you have to try things, realize that, you know, it's not for you, or maybe it is right for you for a time, but then it's not. And you have to pivot and change where the Lord calls you to go. And so it was my time to pivot and change after I think it was nine months at Target. And so it was, I think about six or seven months into that job though, I really, really, really thought that I was going to have this other opportunity really fall in my favor, favor. And so I had, you know, I went through the interview process for this opportunity. It was another job and I was so excited. Like that was my last string of hope of getting out of this job. And then I had a really bad day at work and I was still there and uh, I still had a few hours to go and I get a call and the voicemail told me that I did not get this opportunity that I so thought I had. And honestly, I was crushed in that moment because I had, a, you know, like I said, I had a horrible day. I hated my job and I'm just starting out. I can't quit now. I'm a, you know, I'm a failure. All these things going through my head and now I'm not good enough for this position. And what the voicemail told me, the guy, he said that I didn't get the job because he had a feeling that a better opportunity was going to come my way. That's what he said, which made me so upset because I'm like, no, this is a better opportunity. <laughs> like you don't understand. And so, right. and so then after that, I came home and I really tried to have a good attitude in front of Tyler. And I remember my parents even sent me a cookie at work that said, sorry, your day sucked <laughs> because it was just not a good day. And so then after that, I, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do next because I know that I am unhappy and that I have to get out. And so a couple, uh, I think another month went by and I was standing in my kitchen after this opportunity fell through, after, you know, 
still I'm in this job I don't like. And the Lord tells me, and and at this time I'm trying to figure out, like my book sales are kind of dying down. I'm trying to figure out what other thing, what other book can I come up with? What other thing can I have that I can put out into the world, um, you know, on the side. And so in other words, how can I make more money? I think is kind of where my heart was, if I'm being honest. And I was standing in my kitchen and all of a sudden the Lord just told me, I want you to give away the rest of the money from your book. And I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> I, I'm in a job I hate. I want to quit. I had this opportunity fall through. And you want me to give away the rest of the money that I have. I mean, this is thousands of dollars. And you want me to give it away? And then he, and then I'm like, okay, where do you want me to give this money away? And literally felt like a slap in the face. And then, and God was just like, I want you to give me to the, the church remodel. They were re- remodeling offices. And I'm like, that is the dumbest thing. <laughs> that is so boring. <laughs> like, can I be like saving children or something or sea creatures? I don't know. But an office remodel, like really? <laughs> and so then I'm sitting in my kitchen you know, hearing God tell me to give this money away. And I was just like, okay, God, whatever. And so I ignore it for a while and I'm going to my job. And then as actually like a month or two after, uh, I felt like God like spoke to me and told me that we were at uh, a church service, our church. And I asked, where are we at with the office remodel? Could because they were trying to raise $90,000 and they said that we're at 55,000 out of 90,000. And I'm like, okay, like they got a ways to go. Like, I'm fine. I'm good. Like my money is not going to be that big of a deal, whatever. So I told God that day, I said, God, if you really want me to give away this money, this exact amount, it w- then it has to come down to the church needing the exact amount down to the penny of what you've put on my heart. Like, they need the exact amount, which sounds so bad on my part, but that's what I said. <laughs> the very next Sunday, the pastor gets up there and he says, we are at this exact amount <laughs> and we are short by this. And I about pooped my pants because I, that was the exact amount. And so I, well, I walk out of there, I, my jaw just dropped and I knew that I had to give it away. Mind you, this is the day before I'm putting my two weeks in at Target. So perfect timing on God's part though. And so I call my pastor and I say, Hey, I got to do this. I got to give this away. I'm terrified because tomorrow I put my, yeah, tomorrow I put my two weeks in, but, uh, the Lord told me and I got to, so I gave that money away, wrote the check, gave it to him that next Sunday, put my two weeks in, cried with my boss, and then uh, I quit. (laughs) And I gave the money away, and I had very little, and then I had no job. And so so during that time, I got an email asking if I wanted to interview for a different position uh, at another place. And I'm like, "I, I have nothing to lose at this point, so sure. So I interviewed uh, at a food bank as an events planner and I got that job, which was so awesome because I was going to try to do crazy things like I was going to go into real estate and I was going to substitute teach and all this other, you know, and then obviously my stuff on the side I was going to do. But when I took the job at the food bank, 
I, I told my husband and my whole family, I'm going to take this job and I'm going to do the best I can at it. But my ultimate goal is I want to get my ministry classes done because I know I'm supposed to go into ministry. And so then uh, during this, this season of starting this job at the food bank, the church wants to give my husband, Tyler, and I a tour of the church offices that our money helped pay for. So we're going through these offices. And at this time we were, you know, volunteering with youth and college and we're loving it. So every Sunday and Wednesday we're there and, uh, they, they give us a tour through these offices. And as we were walking through, the Lord told me that's going to be your office someday. And I felt it so strongly and we walked out of there and I looked at Tyler and I said, I know this sounds crazy, but the Lord told me that that was going to be my office, that this is going to be my office someday. So we walk out of there and I don't say anything to anybody. I only told Tyler, I didn't tell it to my pastor. I didn't tell it to anybody at church. I just kept it between God and I. And so Tyler and I are continuing to volunteer as college and youth leaders. And then, um, and the people that are leading college and youth are all volunteers. And so then, um, time goes on and I'm just praying and I'm just saying, God, you know, I just, I just want you to use that money that I gave as you see fit. I'm not asking for it back. I don't want it back, but I want to see how you're going to use this. And so, uh, time went on and then it was probably, I think it was about six or seven months after I called pastor and said, I'm going to give away that money. And I'm working at the food bank and I'm honestly loving it. Like I love what I'm doing, but then I get a call out of the blue from my pastor at this church. And he said, uh, Madison, we want to offer a full-time position as a college and youth pastor and your name's at the top of the list. Are you interested? And I'm like, heck to the yes. yes. So that day I drive to our church, I sit down with pastor and his wife and we just talk for hours. Uh, and then we went through the interview process. I ended up getting offered the, a full-time role as a college and youth pastor and the offices that I helped pay for became my office. And then when it came down to the, you know, when you go through all the details of your salary and everything, my salary that he offered me at this church was the, the difference between this salary and my last job at the food bank was the exact amount that I gave last year for the church office remodel. So it was just amazing to see how even in this valley, even in this time where I felt like I was a failure, failure, I was a loser. I, I didn't have it figured out that I gave in the valley and And even though when I gave in the valley, it didn't feel like the most amazing mountaintop thing in the world. It did feel good to give, but to know that sometimes it takes time for, for God to bring you to that mountaintop, I just think was so eye-opening for me. And so I just want to encourage anybody who maybe feel like they have, you know, misstepped, like maybe they're, they're not in a good relationship or they're not in a good career or whatever it is you are okay. Like you are just fine. You are going to get through it. You may be in a valley right now, but don't let the value or the valley take you away from giving of yourself or serving. Keep pouring out your giftings and your heart and what God has given you because 
he will eventually lead you to that mountaintop and you will see how what you poured out in the valley is going to be blessed and how he will use it to to bless other people and to glorify himself and so i just i look back and i think okay i'm a girl who has had three jobs in a year and a half to the world that looks crazy but to god he knew that i needed all of that to go down so that he could bring me to this point and and so i i love what i do now i'm a college and youth pastor our ministry, even in the midst of COVID, has more than doubled for both college and youth. And it's just so cool to see how God is just, his hands are in everything. And he is the focal point. He is the foundation. And so that's what you have to focus on in any decision you make, in, in all areas, in all aspects of, of your life. And it's a daily thing that you have to do. Like It's a daily surrender, a daily taking up your cross. And I have to remind myself of that every single day in order for me to have the right heart. And so I'm constantly having to say, God, help me because Lord knows we are broken people who just need a savior. And so luckily our savior is Jesus Christ and we can lean into him fully. But I just want to thank you guys so much for listening to my testimony. And I hope that it inspired you. I hope that it made you laugh maybe a little bit. Um, And I hope that maybe you could relate to it too. If you're blessed by Madison's testimony, let us know. Reach out to us on mytestimonypodcast.com. You can join us there in our forum and just share your comments, share how this testimony blessed you, ask your questions. Just let us know. Let's just go ahead and bask in the goodness of the Lord because definitely in Madison's testimony, God showed how good he is, how perfect he is, how um, beautiful his instructions are, right? He can only produce good. So I pray that right now that the Lord plants a seed of trust in your heart for him that could never be overturned, that could never be uprooted, that could never be taken away, but that that seed of trust goes down deep in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, in your spirit, and the Lord just grows it so that you can be a tree firmly planted in the Lord, trusting him and knowing that he is for you and not against you. And I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And if you have a powerful testimony that you would like to share, reach out to me. You can reach out to me on my website, mytestimonypodcast.com, or you can hit me up on Instagram, mytestimonypodcast. I would love to hear from you and just love to hear all the beautiful things that the Lord has done in your life. Because one thing is for sure, Our God is constantly moving and he is constantly bringing forth glory unto his name each and every day. And he shall do this until the end, right when he returns. So praise God. And so until next time, I pray that the Lord continues to bless you and keep you.